entering the fifth dimension. Welcome back, fellow weirdos, to another episode of the Fifth Dimension Podcast. My name is Juan, and over there is my co-host and accomplice, Luis. Accomplice? Yes. What are you talking about? We we are making this podcast together, right? So you're an accomplice to this 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 oh. thing, and also because we're going to be criticizing a couple things. So I thought you were you're an accomplice. accomplice as a negative connotation or something. I was like, what you, accomplice? What am I, what am I doing? What have I done? Oh, the, the audience will know what we did and that and they're gonna see why you're an accomplice to all this. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh yeah, what's up, all you fucking weirdos out there? How's everyone doing? So I hope every single one of you is doing well. I'm glad you're here with us. Thank you so much for downloading the episode, for listening to us, uh, and all our shenanigans, whether it's serious political topics or just kind of delving into the uh the pop culture realm. Uh Oops. we thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah, it means a lot to us. Uh, well, you know, we know we know that you all could be doing other things, but I've opted to listen to our little humble podcast, and for that we thank you. Uh, but okay, enough of the pleasantries, enough of the niceties. I just wanted to check in with you, bro, because I saw your Instagram post. Oh yeah, and it seems like you went on a hike or something. What did you? Do? I did. I did. I went uh, to. So there's a trail here called in Colorado called the Ice Lake Trail. Uh, wonderful hike, uh, beautiful. Didn't make it all the way. We made it about three quarters of the way up. Uh, oh, it's no. a long, long hike, but uh, beautiful waterfall, nice rivers and creeks. Uh, around this time is when Colorado experiences a lot of the snow melt. So a lot of the, a lot of when I when I went into the waterfall, dipped my toes into it. It was super, super cold. <laughs> so <laughs> very, very cold. Um, but I had a nice hike, man. It was really good. So getting in touch with nature, huh? Yeah, and uh, I think last time you commented was uh, my beard is growing out, and I full I, I keep growing it out because I feel like Colorado has fully embraced me, man. So I just keep letting it grow out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I was looking to you, when I was looking through your post, I saw that picture. Oh yeah. I was like, yo, what the fuck? This guy looks like a special <laughs> forces operator, man. So I was like, look at that beard, bro. Look at that. I'm jealous of the beard, man. It's it's wild and crazy at the moment. So it's it's it's. Going all over every direction. Yours is more trim, though. Yours is a little bit. Uh, it's it's tamed. I wish I could get mine that way. It's, mine's mine's kind of wild. Ah oh, man, from what I saw from what I saw in that post, I was like, man, this looks like a special forces operator over here. <laughs> man, give me that beard. Uh, I was gonna ask you. So you, you went out there, you know, you're getting in touch with nature. What was your favorite part of that hike? Oh man, that's a good question. I think. And I think you know this about me, Luis, and, and for our audience, for me, it's being among the trees, being surrounded by trees. Oh, yeah. That gives me the, the feeling of breathing for me. For and all you, for the nerds out there, for the nerds out there, uh, PSA, I guess, PSA for all the nerds out there, for all you magic nerds, MTG players. Oh, my God, no. Juan, Juan plays <laughs> Green Stompy. That's what he does, and that's all he ever does. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see, I could see why you would like being out there in the forest and with the green, you know. It, it, it was really nice. It's beautiful. Like, and you know this. I, I work at Colorado State University. Uh, I work at 
there's a place called the Oval, which is as close as I can to where being surrounded by trees. And Fort Collins already naturally surrounded by trees. But when you get to the mountains where the, the forest just becomes dense, uh, yeah, absolutely my favorite part, man. But uh, yeah, oh, man, it felt it felt at home for sure. But anyway, enough about me, man. What about you? Uh, how are things have been with you? Uh, you know, fuck, bro. Look, I'm going to share this with you right now and, and with everybody. Things aren't looking good for me right now. Uh, I'm just saying this on, on a superficial level, right? Uh, so, you know, and as dad used to say, things could be better. Mm, I'm not going to lie. Mm, things could mm. be better. And I'll, let me share this with you right now with, for, with all of you and our listeners. Uh, so one of one of our vehicles took a shit on us, man. It broke down on us. Yeah. The fucking car left left us stranded. Let, let me let me let me share what happened. So Rosie was taking the kids to her water park, and I stayed at home. Right, I wasn't feeling good, so I was like, "Hey, you take them. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna chill because I don't feel well." And halfway to the water park, Rosie notices that the steering wheel is getting harder and harder to turn. Oh, no. The AC had stopped working, right? Oh, shit. So she pulls off to the side of the road and discovered or discovers that the serpentine belt had ruptured. Ooh. Yeah. So she called me and told me what had happened and asked me to get them in our other car. We called the Martha shoe, right? It's a little Hyundai. Yeah, car. yeah, the Martha shoe. So I was like, okay, you know, plan B, let me go get you guys. So I go to... I go to the I go to start this little Martha shoe, and it won't start. Fucking oh no! What luck, right? What fucking luck? Yeah. So I go over to my neighbor and ask him, "Hey, yo, you know, give me a jump." And you know, he's very cool about it. He, he does give the car a jump. I go back to the Martha shoe, give it a turn, and it starts. Right? I'm like, "Oh fuck yes!" Now I can yes. go get them. Yeah. So I'm 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 going down the road. I'm thinking about the kids, thinking about Rosie, and when I get to them. Bro, they look bummed out. Their spirits are down. Oh. I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, oh, no. So they couldn't go to the water park, right? They just couldn't. Because we're like, hey, we're going to go get this the other car towed, and I'm bringing you guys back home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's probably a good thing that the car broke down, at least here close to home, and not in California where we were a few weeks ago, right? Right, right. Being somewhere else, that would have totally sucked. Yeah, that would. I mean, if it was, if we were stranded out in California, that would have been fucking terrible. Yeah. So good thing no. it was around here. It happened here. Okay. And as, man, as everybody knows, that's, that's, that that has had car trouble. It's a fucking gut punch to family morale, and more importantly, fucking the wallet, bro. I mean, that just punches. Oh me yeah. Right? Oh god. Oh god. Did you have to take it to a mechanic? Uh yeah, we took it to the dealership. Right. Oh, oh to a yeah. dealership too. Dealership. The oh, dealership. Geez. So Ouch. we went there. They you know, they told us what was gonna happen. They were gonna repair uh I guess two two parts, right? The serpentine belt and the yeah. compressor. Right. Um so the repairs are gonna cost us a pretty penny. Right? right. And and I kept wondering to myself as they were telling all this stuff, as they were telling us what they were gonna repair and the the price for everything. Mm -hmm. And is it me or does it seem that the fucking dealerships just charge way too fucking much and hardly do a damn thing? I think you wouldn't be alone in this that assessment. I think that there's this uh, I there's there's a feeling right that dealerships yeah. just charge more for the labor and the parts and everything that goes into the vehicle to repair it, and uh, often folks say, "Hey, 
they didn't even fix all that much. Like they maybe adjusted a couple things in here and there, but it doesn't yeah. seem. Yeah. 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 I just, I don't know, man. So, so we're with, we, we, we turned it in. They told us they were going to fix it in about a couple, like five to seven days. Five to seven days. Uh-huh. Okay. Man, you know how it goes, man. Yeah. So, uh, but, but the good thing is everyone's fine, right? Everyone's doing fine. And, uh, you know, we're thinking, okay, we're going to get the car here in just a couple of days. And when I was, when I was thinking about that, I just, I just thought of something, but you're not going to like it. What? You're not going to like this, bro. Cause I'm, I'm going to attack you now. Oh shit. Uh, so, well, well, I was thinking that I was thinking about your favorite thing in the world, Marvel. And I was thinking, man, our little busted car is doing way better than Marvel's phases four and five. And the you DC just DC. had to go there. You just I had to. You do just it. had hey, to go up, there. Set it up you just DC. had to. You just had to go there. Okay. 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 It's yeah, a good transition. I, I, set it up. I gave you a nice compliment about your beard, right? Be nice. <laughs> should have seen that coming. I should have seen this coming. Uh, okay. Okay. I, I see where you're going. First of all, great that you, Rosie, and the kids are good. Yeah. I'm glad. Uh, everything's okay on that end. Um, now, as far as phases four and five of Marvel and the DCU combined, man, here you go again. Here you go. Always what? stirring the pot. You're a hater, what? man. You're a straight up hater. You're hating. Well, no, hey, 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 come on now. Uh, I mean, I, I'm sure you've seen and heard some of the sources and YouTube and other uh, social media state that Marvel's that's phase just it. They're, they're, these are social media stuff, man. What these are people that, uh, and we'll get to this in a moment. Yeah. But people that are judging comic book films that have that don't know or are not very good experts in comic book films. There, I said it. Okay. But e- even then, they, they still have an opinion and they have a platform. And their their pap- their platform says Marvel Phase Four and Five and uh-huh. the DCU uh-huh. have been as of late kind of a failure. Or at least a they've failure. hit speed bumps. Yes. Okay. And even though I don't exactly agree with all their criticisms about what's going on with the Marvel and DCU, mm. uh, I do think some, if not most people, are not enjoying this type of entertainment. And what are your thoughts, mm. man? Do you agree on this? Uh, first, I think we've established that you're a straight-up hater. Uh, that and that it. you... That you that you like to bash on uh, shows, even uh, you know, even if may, they may not be doing well, uh, or even shows that are showing you know a different side of the MCU. Yeah. Uh, but straight up, I'll give you I'll give you points for the the for DC. Absolutely, DC has not been able to produce things on that end. I will say, I will say that I wholeheartedly disagree with you on Marvel's four phase four and five, because I think these are good links to each other. Um, when when the first Iron Man came out, everybody was hyped, excited. It was the first Marvel movie, Marvel Studios movie produced by Marvel that Marvel had kind of direct control over. It wasn't a, it wasn't a movie property like Paramount or Sony taking yeah. control of a character. Th- yeah. This was Marvel straight up saying, here, we're interpreting the character how it was meant to be interpreted, right? Yeah. And I think what you're seeing between phases four and five is buildups, right? 
just like when you read a comic book or when you read a, a series like the Avengers, uh, when you read Avengers, everybody, and, and I'll say this, everybody always thinks of the main three, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. Those are the, the main three, the big three. Hmm. What people don't know is that in the Avengers comic book series, the, 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 the roster always changes. It always right. changes. It, 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 it's some, some, it's another leader, another time. Hell, uh, in the, in the two thousands, Spider-Man joined the Avengers rank and he became a full fledged Avenger. Anyway, all of that to but say do this. Do you, okay, but hold on. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Do well, you let's... see their arguments against Marvel and DC right now? Like I said, no. I think I can get behind some of it, no. but not all of it. No. I, I'm still I saying think, no. I think we can agree that the DCU is definitely struggling. We'll get to DC here in just a second, but I will finish my thought with Marvel is that okay. for the folks that are bashing phases four and five, uh, they're not taking the time to enjoy the ride and the stories of the individual characters as, they, as they're being explored in phase four and phase five. Um, James Gunn, outstanding job with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, uh, made me cry. Um, yeah, I think Ant-Man, Ant Quantumania, I think people had different expectations. And you can only follow the, the heist formula for so long before it becomes boring. And I think Ant-Man knew that they needed to take a different direction. So there, I'll just leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Well, we can leave it at that. Oh, well, like I said, I, I don't, I don't know where... I can agree with some of the stuff, but I think a lot of their, a lot of these critics, right? Uh, they're against the writing and the way that mm. the show is, uh, I guess the direction of the show. And even though you're saying, hey, it's, 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 it's leading to a bigger buildup for the next big bad, you need to have patience. And they're just saying, no, we want the glory now, right? Right, right, right. It's, it's kind of weird, but I will, t I will jump on the uh, DC hate train because yes. that's the property yes. that has not Join been able to side, <laughs> Join the dark side. Come on, <laughs> hate, bro. I know you have it in you. So you have it in you. Come on, bro. Let's, DC let's cannot make for the life of itself. Cannot make good movies. The most recent one, The Flash, right? Yeah. Spoiler alert: It didn't do well. It bombed at the box office. It held number one for like barely a week, and then Spider Verse took over again. And then you have all these other new movies coming out. Uh, that are already overtaking the flash the flash has been out for less than four weeks almost almost uh wait it came back did it come out in june or in july i want to say it came out in june honestly i don't even remember i didn't go watch it man <laughs> whenever it came out it's already been less than less than four or five weeks and it's already coming out in digital it's already wb is already trying to recuperate its losses but for the life of dc they cannot make a quality franchise film uh, they did so with uh, The Dark Knight. Those were quality films, but those are standalones. Those are separate from, uh, away from the DCU. Yeah. Uh, you had the early 89 Batman, uh, which we, uh, uh, when we were young, we absolutely adored. We we looked up to Batman. We, we, we loved absolutely it. loved that film. Um, but as they started to try to cast uh, a DC United universe, they were rushing and they were trying to, you know, cut and paste and, and cobble this, messy universe together uh, and then, then you had the the uh C, the cw had its own little dc tv verse 
the mm. Arrowverse, which yeah. found a lot of success, right? Found some success here and there. Some success, yeah. And then, and then you have the DC Animated Universe, which a lot of people loved. DC Animated, they still do. Um, but let me let me put this out there that the versions, the film versions, the live action versions that we're seeing currently, they just straight up suck. Maybe James Gunn, now that he left Marvel and is on to DC, maybe he's going to breathe new life into DC. Um, but currently, as it stands right now, the DCU sucks. It wow, needs man. And it needs a reboot. I, I never, I'd never thought I'd see the day when you diss comic book stuff. <laughs> so this, is new, this is new for you, man. Hold on, man. You know what? Let me go get some popcorn. I'll be right back. And let's just continue with this. All right, here. Go get your popcorn. I'm, I'm going to lay it all out for you. All right. Let, let me help. Let me help the DC fans. Here, okay. I'll give you a good one, DC fans. Your DCAU, the DC Animated Universe, is good. It's good. People love it. But when it comes to the live action movies, that leaves a lot to be desired. And this argument that Batman, oh, well, well we have Batman, the, the Nolan Batman trilogy. Yeah, but is he in the DCU? Is he in the extended universe? No, he's not. He's a standalone person. That's a standalone movie. And the, this attempt to bring this gritty realism to Superman, to Wonder Woman, and to all these other characters when they, in fact, have a variety of personalities. And this is what I'll, I'll credit to Marvel. Marvel knows how to explore the characters and let the characters shine uh, on, on the screen, whether it's small or big. And mm. you got, like, Miss Marvel, like Kamala Khan. You got Captain Marvel. You've got um, all the very uh, Ant-Man shown in his own right, right? Even when yeah. and, and Marvel does a good job when they cobble them all together and say, hey, we're going to do Infinity War and Endgame. Every character had a, a had a part to play, no matter how small it was. So that to me, uh, it's it's the DCU is unable to find footing because it tries to lean on the fans too much. Remember, the fans were the, were the ones that were able to convince the, the WB uh, yeah. to release the Snyder Cut, and then they try to placate the fans by making Batman this over the top invincible person that we know he's not because. All yeah. that's making Batman is that very thick plot armor. There, I said it. Hold on, man. Again, I've never heard this side of you, so let me go get some tapatio seasoning <laughs> for this popcorn and tell us how you really feel. Fuck, keep it going. All right. So when you look at uh, Wonder Woman, right? Gal yeah. Gadot, amazing Wonder Woman, the very first film. What happened in the second one, bro? They fumbled the bag. They fumbled the bag with uh, the second film. They could have connected it more, right? They could have brought uh, a more a realistic tone to Wonder Woman. Uh, instead, they, they started doing this far-fetched. They brought back this uh, the her love interest where Marvel says, hey, when somebody dies in our universe, they're dead. That's it. Like Black Widow, like uh, various ca characters that have already died in the Marvel universe. Uh, mm. with, the, with the exception of Agent Coulson, who was kind of sort of revived and maybe may or may not be existing in the Mar Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've got people in, in DC that are able to revive, like in Wonder Woman 2, or uh, the the sequel never pans out or it never happens like Man of Steel. We should have gotten a Man of Steel too. Yeah, uh, we should have. Superman. Superman was a good movie. And then again, the WB just doesn't know how to use that property effectively. And then uh, uh, Marvel uh, recently started teaming up with uh, Sony because Sony has exclusive rights to the Spider-Man property. So now Sony has is able to make the animated universe of, of Sony, the the, the Spider-Man film standalone. Sometimes they'll team up with Disney to, to make the Spider-Man movies. That's that's a Sony has is is having a its moment 
to know that they can do whatever they want with Spider-Man because they've hit the they've hit the ground running. They've done their research. Yeah. You can tell with the DCU that the writers, the directors, barely understand their characters. Damn. Here, now give me the popcorn. <laughs> you want the popcorn? Okay. <laughs> uh, shit. Well, shit. Let me get some other. Let me get on this hate train, man. And uh, I'll, I'll just say this: Batman, I think, is a cool character. But as you mentioned, he's just fucking awful. But I'm saying he's awful in another sense. And it's not so much the character, like I've said, but mostly his diehard fans that have a delusional oh, the perception of fans. fans. It's awful. Because they're all they, they always use that tiresome, ridiculous, and infamous line. Oh, but with prep time, Batman can beat anyone. It's like, man, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. The show Invincible, right? The animated show Invincible demonstrated what would happen to Batman if he fought superpowered beings. And I can summarize it with one word. Splat. Ouch. Splat. Ouch. And and don't even get me started with fucking Superman. So for for the audience that doesn't know, if you've not watched uh, Invincible, it's on Amazon Prime. And it's a realistic take. Even though it's an animated cartoon, it's a realistic take on... Um, superheroes existing in the real world, the superheroes understanding that they have uh, power above regular humans. Uh, but there's a character in there, Night. Uh, what do they call him? Darkwing? Night, Darkwing. Nightwing? Darkwing? Uh, Something like that. Nightwing. And so he's supposed to be like a, 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 a copy of Batman. Yeah, like a like a copy of Batman. And in in the series, like spoiler alert, one of the heroes, one of the perceived heroes. Uh, turns against the the Justice League of their world and essentially slaughters everybody. And the regular guy, the the Batman-esque character, uh, not even two seconds into the fight and is already defeated. His guts all over the floor. Oof. Oh, man, I I still think about it sometimes. But but like I said, like I said, don't don't let me get started with Superman. I think he's he's another fucking lame-ass superhero. He's fucking white. You think so? Yeah. I think, look, listen. Superman is a loser's hero. And let, let me get a little bit philosophical on this, so let me dig in. People, some of the fandom love Superman because they can hide behind this lens of American exceptionalism, right? I think many people see America in Superman and vice versa. And though they think he's just the best and awesome uh, at what he does because he's loaded with superpowers and he's invulnerable, uh, I think they're sadly mistaken. It's precisely that that makes Superman and his fan base unbearable. It's like they're compensating for something, right? Mm-hmm. They're insecure little pricks. And while Jeez. I'm at it, hey, hey, while I'm at it, while I'm at it, I mean, come on. An alien crashes somewhere in Kansas and is adopted by farmers. When has America ever been fond or cared for foreigners? I mean, illegal aliens. I mean, outer space aliens. Wow. <laughs> wow. What have I done? I You've unleashed Pandora's box. Did I say something wrong? <laughs> Did I say something wrong? I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. Totally get where you're coming from. I think uh, those are very valid criticisms. Uh, you've got a very toxic fan base. And I think in every franchise that comes out, you got Star Wars. And, and we got to keep in mind, right? Star Wars has long been held by uh, white uh, cis heterosexual men who have defined star wars as this one thing and introducing a black stormtrooper 
uh, introducing a Latino uh, rebellion leader, uh, spy spy leader, right? It was yeah. there was a little bit of a frosty reception. Uh, even having uh, Ray Skywalker now uh, coming on board, uh, there was the resistance, right? There's like a female uh, threatening my power because now she gets to wield a lightsaber. It's not Luke anymore. Yeah. And we all, we, we all know, right? Like Luke Skywalker, he's old now. Mark Hamill is old. He can't keep playing the same role over and over again, unless you're Hugh Jackman and you can come back as Wolverine at any time. Yeah, but, I know, right? Um, yeah, I mean, Mark Hamill, he he says to he himself, like, it's great. I think you need to breathe life into these franchises. And I think that's what Marvel d- does best, is that it's it looks around and says, uh, I need to be more inclusive. Uh, could you argue that it's performative? Uh, one could argue both ways, right? That it, it yeah. could be perceived as performative. It could be something that is not uh, authentic. Uh, but w- what they've been putting out, it's connecting with some audiences. Yeah. I agree. And, you know, sometimes I get to thinking that, you know, like this pushback, this this hate towards these, uh, towards DC and Marvel, from the fan base, right, from these critics, is not so much the, I'm thinking their pushback is the quality, right? The writing and how it's been presented and how it's being pushed out. Yeah. But I think it's something else, man. I think it's something else. You think so? What do you think it is? Um, I'm, I'm starting to think that it's just the fandom, right? I'm starting to think, like you just mentioned, it's, there's a there's a segment of the fandom that just can't grasp progress on the big screen or something like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know, man. Do, do you see any hope for the DCU? Have you heard of Have you heard of or seen anything about this new James Gunn project for the DCU? I mean, I've heard of the Superman project that is involved in. It's called Superman Legacy. He's already hyping up Blue Beetle. I don't know. Have you have you seen any previews for Blue Beetle? No, I haven't seen anything about Blue Beetle, dude. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I've only heard about it through TikTok about something about the, the James Gunn project that he's doing about Superman Legacy, but I haven't heard anything else. So Superman, oh, yeah. as as you uh, already likely know, is as of. Uh, Fans already uh, already aware by this point. Henry Cavill was let go from his role of Superman. So Man of Steel 2, never going to happen. It's been shelved. It's gone forever, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, and I remember how when Man of Steel came out in 2013, now 10 years ago, how promising that looked, right? It, uh, but yeah. the audience just didn't connect with it. it. It felt gritty. It's a very gritty take on Superman. Um, let me tell you something, man. Let me say something yeah. real quick. Yeah. Dude. Henry Cavill Superman, Man of Steel is a good movie. I don't understand okay. what it receives. Like I, I and I can I can hear the fan base crying. Eh, it's because Superman is a noble hero with values and morals. He doesn't kill. Eh. And to say and, and to that I just say, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I think I think I think you gotta look at um they were hoping that Zack Snyder would be very true to the source of Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. He had to take some li- some liberties, right? Uh, they had to take some liberties because uh, Henry Henry Cavill was a very serious actor. He brings kind of a a force to the role, 
Um, but now that role has been relinquished. He's 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 moved on. Um, so now we have Devin mm-hmm. uh, David Cornsweet taking over for Henry Cavill as Superman. Um, which again, I think it's going to be a, a good move when you when you're trying to reboot the entire thing. You're just trying to look at every aspect and do a nice reboot that makes sense. Um, but also keep in mind that uh, James Gunn is excited about Blue Beetle because he says this is this is kind of our entry into the DCU. Uh, well, that Blue Beetle uh, being the first Latino lead in a superhero film uh, brings some excitement. Again, again. It's it's not that this is. It's it's good news, right? To hear representation, right? Absolutely. But you could almost hear that segment of the fan base groan really? and moan about this. Oh God! You know, yeah. um, or I could be just talking out of my ass. But again, <laughs> let, me, let me hit this point. Let me drive this point. I think the problem with these Marvel and DCU films, it's not that it's superhero fatigue that's setting in. Mm. It's definitely not the quantity. Um, you know, maybe some of the quality, but it's not the quantity or the quality of these movies that's draining everyone. I'm starting to think that it's solely its fandom, a segment of the fandom. I think earlier we were hitting on the fact that the the, the fandom can be very toxic, especially uh, when you have uh, spaces where the fandom has been predominantly white and they had left no room for minorities to interpret the characters like they wanted to, right? Like mm. there's this there's this idea of gatekeeping, which is a which is a total thing, yeah. Uh, where a segment of the population believes like it's been this way, it's uh, will always be this way. Dude, do you remember? Do you remember when uh, Into the Spider Verse came out? Yeah, I remember. I I remember, and I'm gonna crank it back a, a couple of years. I remember when Miles Morales was first introduced as the new Spider Man. Now, for the for the folks out there. Um, Marvel has designated universes for every single part or every single uh, variation of uh, whatever superhero. Uh, our main superhero, Peter Parker, the one we call the the one that we know know and love, that the one that does the web swinging everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's uh, Universe Six One Six. That's what we know. Him. That's Peter Parker as Six One Six. In the Sixteen Ten universe, that's a separate universe away from the the main universe continuity. Uh, Miles Morales takes over Peter Parker after Peter Parker dies in that universe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, uh, and I remember the vitriol, vitriolic response and how uh, a lot of a majority of the white people that uh, responded to this was like, that's not, that's not Spider-Man. That is not Spider-Man. You killed off uh, and you replaced them. Right. That was, that was not the idea at all. And I think the, the the creators of Miles Morales and the new Spider-Man was like, this is, this is, can be literally anybody under this mask. And, and they were really living up to the idea that Stan Lee put forth is like, yeah, yeah. nobody knows who Peter Parker is under them. Uh, you know, under once he puts on the Spider-Man costume, nobody knows who he is. He could be white, black, Asian, Mexican, could be anybody. And uh, I'm glad that they took that to the next level and said, you know what, Miles Morales, he's, he's uh, Dominican and black. And guess what? He's Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's a good message to say and to put forward. Anybody can be the hero under the mask. Absolutely, absolutely, right. And when you and when you have like a character like Superman, who is already like this white heteronormative person, 
and that's all that he can be, right? The 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 majority of the fan base goes, that's all he can be. You can never make him anything else. If if he's black, if he's if he's what if he's if he does something else, you can't be that. You can't make him a girl, you can't make him a woman. Uh, and then you have Supergirl, right? That matches the exact same powers as Superman. Um I think it's jarring. Uh, and that goes for Batman. That goes for every other character when the fans rise up and start being toxic about who, what can and cannot be changed. Uh, and I think that's total bullshit. So when we got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, uh, there were some doubts. Sony was was taking a, a risk uh, going into this because they were like, they had already bombed out. And I'm sorry, Luis, I'm sorry. They had bombed out with uh, the amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield. Uh, it was a cool had- movie. Come on, you got to give me some <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna in retrospect in retrospect absolutely they had bombed out with spider-man 3 with toby mcguire they were sony was struggling to find a a, a an identity here uh yeah. to not to have to retell the same story of spider-man so of course they teamed up with disney and then they they said you know what we really want to do this miles morales story but we we got to approach it differently so we got into the spider-verse and my god how well that film connected with the audience People loved it. People raved about Amazing it. Amazing film. And then you got the sequel, Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, and people still are saying, wow, this is a yeah, wonderful movie. Still it's, still, it's, still, it's still in theaters, right? It's outperforming The Flash. And, and it's still supposed to come out in digital and DVD soon. Uh, but it's still outperforming in, in theaters, which is, which is amazing. Um, and with that, again, it brings the example that the MCU is not afraid, or Marvel in general, is not afraid to explore this big screen or the small screen with a variety of characters. Uh, like I said earlier, you've got Miss Marvel, who they gave a miniseries for. You got She-Hulk, got a miniseries. Um, and I hear that they're going to get do a season two. They're bringing back Daredevil. You know, I, I do it. I love Netflix's Daredevil, the, the original one. Yeah. I loved it. Uh, I can't wait to see what they do with this new one now that they're, he's going to be formally introduced into the MCU. So there you go, man. And then now I gotta ask: uh, Have you been keeping up with the Marvel Secret Invasion? No, you know what? I, I haven't. I haven't kept up with anything Marvel after, as far as the TV shows, right? I haven't right. kept it with up with anything after Hawkeye. Um, and, and it's not because I don't want to, but mainly because I'm already invested in something else. Oh, uh, really? I just started watching One Piece, you know, the anime, and Evangelion. And as you already know, One Piece is just a massive fucking, massive uh, anime with a bunch of episodes. I hear it's a lot. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, look, I'll, I'll tell you this. Convince me to watch Secret Invasion and maybe I'll give it a shot. All right, man. So to, uh, as of this week, as of this week, we're episode five. And dude, I have to catch up with it because I heard episode five is just, uh, just mind-blowing. Uh, episode six is the setup. It's supposed to be the conclusion. Um, I'm loving these series. It's a slow burn. You have to you have to be very patient with it because it is a slow burn. There's and I'm really really pulling back on spoilers here, but uh, all I can reveal is that Nick Fury comes back to Earth, finds out that the scrolls have uh, th- there's a million of them now living in the I- I- in the world, and hmm. he's wondering why that is, um, and he goes back he goes to talos who was uh in captain marvel uh and he's an ally to nick fury yeah. and talos goes man you blipped out five years ago in those five years i had to find a fa- uh, i had to have find a home for for my people and we found earth so there's a million of us living on earth and half of us 
want to take over. The other half are saying, no, we should do everything we can to, to kind of blend in and make sure that we're following the customs of earth. And so there, yeah, there's this internal struggle within the squirrels to either take over the earth or some of them saying, you know, no, no, this is not, this is not how we're supposed to do it. We're not supposed to wipe out humans just so we can claim a world. Um, wow. So it, it's really fascinating and it, it, it really leans into the whole spy thriller uh, theme. Uh, Nick Fury, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, fantastic job. There's again, dude, there's so many mind blowing things that happen in each episode that uh, you go, you know, when Marvel commits to something and they say, we're going to do it like killing off Black Widow, they're committing to it. And they're saying, no, takes these backsies. That's it. It's it's done. Wow. You know, I think I may watch it, but I'll probably watch maybe an episode, kind of like I'm watching uh, Evangelion and anime, just a little, or not anime, one piece at a time. And I think I'll watch, I'll probably just give maybe one or two episodes of uh, Secret of Asia a shot. And then um, I'll probably take it from there. But I- I'm starting to see something here, man. I- as you just explained it to me, I mean, I could see... I'm starting to see where this fandom, where the fandom starts to complain about all this stuff. Yeah. And simply put, just from what you're telling me about Secret Invasion, it sounds like it deals with some real world shit, right? Like it does. war and refugees. There's some parallels. Yeah. So I think the problem that some, or if, if not most of the fandom has with Marvel and DC right now is the perception of wokeness, I think. Mm. Like... Strong female leads? Nope. No way. Feminist ideals? Fuck that. POC mm. and diversity? Won't have it. And, you know, a good indicator of this growing resentment can be seen in Avengers Endgame. You know, well, well, what I, do you mean? I think the underlying, uh, underlying resentment and uh, like visual uh, scene mm-hmm. is that one scene in Endgame where all the females rally together around Captain Marvel. Do you remember that scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that scene. That was very much an empowering moment for the for women in the yeah. MCU. But can you hear the nerds? Yeah. Can yeah. you hear the nerds, man? Because I know I could. And they're, they're probably thinking, what the hell is this? Why is this even being shown? What's the point of this? You know, I could almost hear them crying about this stuff. Mm. What do you say about this, man? What's, what do you say about this? Honestly, I think that uh, there is that, uh, and we've we've touched on this thing earlier. Is that for the longest time, white men have dominated the comic book industry. They've told the stories of exceptionalism, of of what it means to be a superhero, what it means to protect others, what it looks like to them, right? And then yeah. now that you've got. Uh, uh, the black community, Asian community, the Mexican community, Latinx community, all all redefining what that means for us too. Because uh, while yeah. we do look up to heroes like Superman and say we admire the qualities and strengths that they have, uh, we look within our own community and say, what does that look like for us? And yeah. sometimes that challenges those ideals. Sometimes, uh, right, where in the 40s and 50s where Superman stood for truth justice and the american way kind of ironic since he's an alien from krypton and now he's embodied these american ideals uh you get superheroes like uh, peter parker who have to question themselves and have this teenage angst right and they're 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 wrestling with identity and then on top of that throw on top of that uh new heroes like miles morales who is now 
having to question his place in the world and these expectations of like, right, people going, yeah. you're supposed to be Spider-Man. Why are you not doing it like Peter Parker? And he's going, I'm not Peter Parker. And he's he's underneath the mask. He's having to go, yeah. I'm I'm not any of that. I'm doing this. And I love the line uh, from Across the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to do it my way. Or what does he say, Luis? I'm going to uh, do my own thing. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do my own thing. A very cold line. And I loved how that was delivered. So yes. absolutely, cool when, when, when you challenge those conceptions, when you challenge those ideas, then superheroes change. It morphs. Because uh, I could not imagine. I could not imagine. And tell me if I'm wrong. Mm. I don't think Spider-Man, Captain America, Superman, any of the DCU heroes, any of the Marvel heroes would be okay with um, turning immigrants away at the border. They would not be okay with folks being denied healthcare access. They would not be okay with a system that continues to oppress people because superheroes, when they look at at their values, right? They're, they're saying, what am I upholding here? Am I hold, upholding a system that continues to destroy people or am I or am I trying to strive for a system that is fair to people and see that this is the point again right you you see I I could hear the nerds man I'm the nerd whisperer here now Um, (laughs) I can hear them right that they'll be crying like see it's a woke agenda stop shoving stuff down our throats you know of that kind of stuff you know and to which I say, hey, yo, what the fuck down your throat? What's wrong with you? Whoa, 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 hey, whoa. Yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> Maybe it's the fandom. Again, I think it's the fandom that's the problem. Motherfuckers just gatekeeping. And they're just simply just trying to crush others just to feel good. And um, yeah, I, I, I think they just have this warped sense of what you were just saying earlier. What it means to be a superhero and what values should be upheld. Absolutely. So I, I'll just finish off with this right this, this traditional sense of uh, male definition of what a superhero is um but i always lean to and and i'll say this and i'll, sh- I'll, I'll share with the audience that okay. every person that that's not only in the united states but around the world has a story to share they have a story and everyone deserves that opportunity to have their story shared and to kind of wrap things up in my mind, um, I think if you are a content creator, if you are a podcaster like we are, if you are a person that uh, has the power and responsibility to bring information to the masses with the power of a microphone like this, then you have a responsibility to be able to give voice to other, other to, to others because if you center your voice and you say, this is how it should be, will always be, and don't open up yourself up to other, other thoughts and ideas, then right that, that easily leads us to a, a, a space where free thoughts and ideas can't happen. And I'll close it with that. Yeah, very profound words, bro. Um, let me just also remind everyone here to realize your realization of reality. Um, it's important to work on ourselves and raising our own individual levels of consciousness and strive to be aware. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists currently has the doomsday clock at 90 seconds to midnight. We should make every effort to be conscious of one another. 
Please like, share, and subscribe to the Fifth Dimension Podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and Amazon Music. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is Fernando Rivas, consultant and contributor. Jose Rivas, consultant and contributor. Luis Rivas, script supervisor, music composer, performer, and co-host. Juan Rivas, producer, editor, and co-host. The Fifth Dimension Podcast is a production of the Authentic Voices Network, LLC.